That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus focused vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high quality naturopathic doctor designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Okay, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. It's Dr. Dave here and my sidekick, Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. How are you doing? I'm good today. It's a beautiful day. Can't complain. We have a really awesome guest today. And I and I'm really I'm really pumped about this because there's been a few people coming into the to my office. And we and I talked about this in our concussion uh, in our constipation episode about neurological. Oh, you just gave stuff. it away. I know I dropped the ball. <laughs> and then and how it's connected to um even like bowel health and post-concussion issues can lead to digestive issues and a slew of things. And I'm seeing more people coming into the office who have had either multiple concussions or at least once, and there hasn't been really proper follow through. And it's kind of like it, if you're, if you're talking about someone's patient history, it almost feels like a little bit of a turning point for some of their health issues. So I'm glad we get to talk about this with a really, really qualified person to chat. Who are we talking to? We are talking to Dr. Paul Herkel today. He is a board-certified naturopathic doctor. He has a very special interest in neurological health, chronic pain, and brain injuries. He, he writes and lectures extensively on these topics. He's done over 100 webinars and podcasts and live presentations. He's so well qualified for this. He's also a member of the Scientific Advisory Board of Complete Concussion Management, an international leader in research-based concussion management education, and is a co-founder of the Concussion Fix program. I feel like we could not have had a more qualified person to come on to, the t- to talk about this topic. I was like, check, 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 check. All right, Paul. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, Michelle. I appreciate you guys uh, having me. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. So yeah, do you sleep? How do you get all this stuff done? Your dad too. You try to be a husband. You, how do you get all this done? I probably could do a heck of a lot more if I didn't waste as much time as I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I guess it, it has to do with a combination of just being efficient with some of the time. Like for example, the concussion fix I built over the two months that we were closed for the pandemic, the only two months Smart. that we were. Yeah. Uh, so we got that done. And, you know, this is a, this is an area of interest and passion of mine, uh, where kind of the synergy of my history of sports experience and kind of my love for functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, and all things brain kind of intersected. And, uh, this was kind of where my practice has evolved definitely in the last five years. And now it's, you know, focused ex- exclusively, um, on this area of helping people that, are not necessarily in acute concussion phases, but more so in the chronic, what we call post-concussion syndrome or post-concussion inflammatory syndrome, um, which we'll talk a little bit more about. But um, yeah, that's that's what I've now um, really dialed in. Okay, well, maybe, can you tell us, Paul, just like, because I don't know exactly your story, maybe of how you got into this, and maybe you can like give us a little bit of background as to uh, uh, why it's so important uh, to you personally, because I think a lot of the things that we get into as naturopaths or whatever, is, it's often related to our life story or, or something that happened around us. So maybe you could give us a little uh, uh, insight sure. into how you got to this. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I wish I had a really like kind of uh, personal touching story. Uh, I don't, I'd, I'd, I'd never had a major concussion or anything like, anything like that. Um, like I've already just mentioned, it was just something that um, really almost kind of chose me. I was actually started mm -hmm. my practice in, in treating oncology patients uh, a lot in, so crazy. in early on. I was doing a lot of IV therapy, intravenous nutrient infusions, and uh, it just kind of um, morphed into this. And, and I really, uh, it, it really took off and, and I got really passionate about it. And just I, li life was like, you're going to do this. This is now your, yeah. your, your expertise. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and it made sense because I was really kind of, uh, I, I was really interested in, in neurology in the brain. I was really interested in, in sports medicine where a lot of TBI and sports related um, mm -hmm. concussions, uh, SRCs as they're called in the literature. What, you know, so that, that was just a really kind of good fit. And I kind of uh, connected with some really great um, other great providers that were passionate about this. Uh, so one of them that I built the uh, concussion fix with uh, is called, uh, his name is Dr. Cam Marshall, and he is a Cairo, which again, um, you know, really like me kind of just zone in on this area. And, and that's where I kind of um, really dialed in. So yeah, that's, um, Dave, I wish there was kind of like a sexier story than that, but that's kind of the way. It no, it's, I think it's sexy enough when something chooses you, like you, uh, when you kind of know um, that, you know, there's a need for it. Yes. And, and obviously in, inside of you, whether you knew consciously or not, you thought, you know what, I got the, the interest and the skills to deal with it. And I, I do think there's a massive, um, I, I feel like concussions are like pelvic floor health or something like only in the last, what, 10, tw 20 years has it come to the, to the, yeah. uh, to the importance level or, or appreciation of importance that, that it probably needed. Like, I remember, I don't know if you played hockey or, or what, I think you played a bunch of sports, but yeah. I remember playing hockey and getting like absolutely crushed. I mean, I threw a, a dished out a few hits too, but I got crushed a few <laughs> times. It's like, you feel like you're going to barf, you know, hey, Miller, you're good to go next shift. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure. That was part of like yeah, hockey throw me in there, coach. Yeah. yeah. Walk yeah, it off, pussy, though, the walk know, it off scenario. <laughs> I mean, that's totally shifted though. Now, Dave, like that, I, that used to be definitely the, the, the coaching mantra is just like, you know, if you're able to stand and, and, and put one foot in front of the other, you can, you can go out. Yeah. And now we realize that we were probably doing, no, we were doing all those athletes a massive disservice and potentially exposing them to a lot of long-term issues. Uh, we still don't know the long-term effects that, that that is still being researched. I know that there's a lot of, um, with a movie concussion that Will Smith was in and, and highlighting some of the research from some of the, um, some of the doctors at University of Pittsburgh, that are that were looking at some of these autopsies at the brains of people that were in the NFL, but there's also we have to put in, that into perspective. Uh, there's also some confounding factors. They were taking a lot of medications. They were probably abusing alcohol and prescription and maybe non-prescription medications. Uh, so I know that it's very kind of popular now to say, yeah, you know what? If you have had a concussion in the past, you've you're you're now at risk for this. Uh, long-term what's called CTS. Uh, and um, I, I think that there are definitely are processes that are starting from an inflammatory and a metabolic perspective, right at the cellular level that you're going to continue to kind of like, uh, it's kind of like wear and tear on your knees. I think the same mm. thing happens uh, in the brain. I think with sports, it's a big deal though. I think you're right. Like before it was the whole walk. I'm not, I'm not a sports enthusiast. So let's be real. Like I'm, I'm just, this is just, um, observation from the F as an outsider, but you know, you see the hits and stuff and it's, it's, it's extreme. And even, I remember my boyfriend, my partner listens to things like Mike Tyson hotbox and stuff. And they talk about this stuff all the time. And, but it's an interesting perspective to hear it from, from them themselves. And he interviews a lot of people who are athletes or were in boxing and they've had hit after hit after hit. Um, but you know, yes, there was substance abuse and all those things like you yeah. talked about too, but I think that was partly because they were trying to numb out their pain. I imagine. Oh. So, so it's just, I think it's, it's really, it's really great that it's starting to become a topic that's more at the forefront and it's getting more acknowledgement. And that way it doesn't lead to substance abuse and things like that, where people are going to start to acknowledge and take care of it upstream a little bit more. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation. Yeah, totally. I, I, I think it's a definitely a needed conversation. The, the awareness about concussion is, is growing and believe it or not, it's still not where it should be. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, one of the key takeaway things is that a lot of 
family doctors and kind of primary care providers still say, you know, go home and rest and, and stay in a dark room and don't do anything until your symptoms go away. And the reality is, is that uh, that's wrong. That's not in line with any of the consensus statements. That's not in line with any of the research. And, you know, you really, what you should be doing if you're listening to this and you've sustained a concussion is that yes, in the first 24 hours, you should, you know, kind of not do anything too extraneous. Definitely don't go back into the sport that you were doing or whatever, uh, another risky activity. But then after that, you want to move around. You want to go for a walk around the block. Yeah, it might, you might be a little bit dizzy. You might have a headache. Uh, and of course, if you're getting any of the more severe symptoms like vomiting, you should be going to the hospital. Um, and, you know, 99% of the time, it, you know, you're going to have, if they do a CT scan at the hospital, it'll be all clear. Um, so I would say that's like the point takeaway. Number one is that moving around and doing activity right after is, is it dramatically decreases your ability, your time to recovery, your ability to get better. Um, is there, so is I, there a reason for that? Sorry. Like, is that, is, yeah. Is that blood like flow? Like just or? increasing yeah. circulation, lymphatic flow, like that kind of thing? All of the above. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, on a, on a metabolic web. So I'll just give everybody a quick crash course on what happens in the brain after you get a concussion. Yes, please. So your brain hits, you've probably heard that term coup, counter coup, you know, that, that stuff. I mean, we're talking uh, a little bit more metabolic here, like what's happening at the cellular level. So that basically is just that your, your brain kind of bounces around. So it literally kind of can get hit on the front, but also on the back, let's say you went mm. forward. Um, so the first thing that happens is that there's some stretching and shearing of these nerves that are inside of that, uh, inside of your brain, which um, can have some structural issues, these kind of microfilaments that are happening there. And right away, there's an inflammatory kind of cascade, inflammatory avalanche, so to speak. And that is going to turn on these cells called the microglia. The microglia are these specialized immune cells that are in our central nervous system, and they start spitting out inflammation. They're really easy to turn on, and they're really hard to turn off. Mm. And uh, these are what I think research is now looking at, one of the key kind of targets of what's, what's bringing in a lot of people's symptoms, especially when you a body doesn't turn them off. So most concussions recover within seven to 14 days, mm -hmm. and anything over 30 days now you're going to be going into what's called post-concussion syndrome. So just putting that kind of out there. So all this, this, this is happening within the first couple of minutes to hours. So there's the inflammatory component, but there's also the cellular metabolism component that happens at the same time. So there's an increase in something called glutamate, which is an excitatory neurotransmitter um, that's called an excitotoxin in the research. And this basically... Uh, there, there is a, there's a gradient inside of the nerves that calcium and sodium and go into the wrong places. And the, and the nerves are desperately trying to keep this gradient because if you, this, this kind of like balance that's happening at the cellular level is not there. Uh, you guys, you can't produce energy. You can't, mm. you, your, your nerves can't stay functional and your mitochondria definitely can't produce energy. And then that brings us to the, the, the kind of final step is that the, the, the neuron basically just totally exhaust themselves of all fuel trying to maintain this gradient and then they eventually just get the mitochondria gets totally depleted and we all know i'm sure you've talked about mitochondria on the show where it's like you know the power plan of your cell and if that's not functioning then your cell is not going to function you're going to get really really fatigued neurons uh, and you're going to get lots of oxidative stress and that's basically what happens at the cellular level um, I will make one other point that I think would be maybe point number two in, ter in terms of takeaways for anybody that's listening. It, the a big clinical pearl is that a lot of um, people's, what they would term post-concussion or concussion symptoms, they actually are not coming from your head. All the things I talked about can cause symptoms, but usually, you know, 70% of people or more, this resolves metabolically within 20 days, your symptoms go away within seven, usually, and or less, and then metabolically, things go back to normal in 20. But the neck is a huge under diagnosed and underappreciated part of all the the mix that's called post concussion syndrome, I actually really don't term it post-concussion as much anymore. I know that's what people identify with, but it should be really post-whiplash syndrome mm. equally with that. 
So mm. what's going on in the, in the neck? Like, is it uh, nerves in the neck just because there's so many, uh, there's so much going on there? Is it vasculature? Is it, is it structural like tissues or? Yeah, it's, it's not vasculature, Dave. So it's, uh, what it is, is that you have a lot of basically receptors, uh, sensory receptors in your cervical neck, especially in the upper cervical spine. And it basically tells your body where you are in space. Uh -huh. mm. It also is extremely important for visual, again, because the eyes are important of telling your body where it is in space or telling your brain, I should say, where it's in space. Uh, and if there's dysfunction that's happening in the, in the neck here because of some of the actual structural damage, uh, what's called myofascial damage, which is the muscle and the covering of the muscle, there's trigger points that happen and that don't allow proper input again to the brain and cerebellum to say, Hey, you know what? I'm actually in this space. And so mm -hmm. there's all this kind of, uh, confusion of signaling. And then the brain is overwhelmed by, I don't know where I am in space. And you get dizzy, you get vertigo, you get ringing the ears, your, your eyes don't properly work. There's the cervical, uh, vestibular, uh, sorry, cervical visual reflex that happens that, um, fires the, these little small stabilizing upper cervical muscles when you move your eyes. And so there's a lot of people presenting with visual symptoms, but in fact, a lot of it's coming from your neck actually. And then of course there's local inflammatory reasons as well. Kind of like what we would term cervicogenic headaches, mm -hmm. um, such a huge, huge component of what I see with my patients is that they actually don't get proper care right away. In the same way, they don't get proper advice on what to do in terms of recovery. But if they do happen to progress into that more chronic state, they don't get proper care uh, because most physios are very passive. And that's the first thing, unfortunately, they see. And I say that with, uh, with all due respect to physios. My mom was a physio. My brother's a chiro. So I'm very well versed in the manual side. And, and I specifically in my practice don't do the manual side because I think that you actually need a team of people to address post-concussion and post-wimplash syndrome because of how important that structural component is. And, and my focus is on the metabolic side, which is a slice of the pie, but a big component is this manual side. And so you need to get that area assessed and addressed with an active rehab plan. Otherwise uh, you're just going to be spinning your tires, which so many people do. I looked at your pie on uh, the concussion care team and uh, yeah. it's, it's cool. It's, it's, um, I don't know as much about concussions, obviously. That's why we learn from you. But um, that's that's probably who I would have thought. Who, when I see good management, you've got your neurologist, you got your your physiotherapist. I'm assuming you mean like a vestibular trained uh, physiotherapist. Not necessarily. Uh, um, no, there are some specialized vestibular trained uh, physios, but again, a lot of times people jump to a specific. Uh, specialty and say, you know what, I need, I need acupuncture or I need to do vestibular or you mean or the patient is making that decision. Yeah. yeah. They're like, Oh, you know, I heard from somebody. The yeah. problem is, is that you got to kind of like make sure that the, the big pieces are in place. And, yeah. and that's why that pie is like, okay. Um, is my metabolics. Okay. And, and we'll, we can, we're going to talk a lot more about that. I'm sure mm -hmm. for the, rest of the show, but there's a lot more than just, uh, you know, inflammation, there's also hormones, there's also, you know, any sort of trauma, like concussion exposes an underlying nutrient deficiency, but also a metabolic predisposition. Uh, and then obviously, the mental emotional side of things is huge. A lot of people are, are in pain, a lot of people are not in work, there's the trauma of whatever happened, maybe it is traumatic. I've had patients that are punched in the face. And that's the reason that they have a concussion. Um, mm -hmm. I have people that were attacked at, at work by a, by a student, for example, um, with special needs, you know, just, these are the things that come mm -hmm. off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> just this past couple of weeks, I had like a couple of patients that got hit by a, a moose driving in Northern, you know, Northern Ontario, Northern Alberta, you know, as like you do just, welcome to Ontario. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's just like all, all sorts of different things, some more traumatic than others, but all that stuff plays a role and you have to have a, a mindset that is going to allow for healing to occur because a lot of people um, struggle with that. So, so before we get into your metabolic specialty, so I just want to list for people who are listening, the ideal team would be like bullet point, like, so a neurologist, someone to do more like the structural, like physiotherapist, caro or an osteopath or something to that effect. Like, can you, can you give us like yeah, a bullet of like that. what yeah. the team is? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go through that just for everybody listening that 
they know what I'm talking about when we say team. Yeah. Uh, so I think the ideal team would be, and we'll talk from an acute concussion and then we'll quickly go into the post awesome. right, right away. You want to go, uh, it, again, if you're, if you've had any kind of loss of consciousness, if you're feeling off right away, you want to go to the hospital, rule out the worst case scenario, of course. Uh, most of the time that I've seen, you know, the, these, uh, CT scans, they all come back normal. The, the hospital says go home after that, uh, you know, after that was 24, 48 hours of you just kind of like relaxing and trying to just like get your bearings. Uh, and uh, by the way, a lot of symptoms can come on a lot later. It's not like mm -hmm. you experience them right away. Sometimes actually very often patients will report that, you know, my headaches really kicked in uh, 72 hours after my, after my mm. injury, there's the shock that wears off. There's the structural changes uh, and, and issues that happen. Uh, and so I would say, get in with um, some sort of uh, concussion literate. And I use that term specifically because not every physio and chiro are concussion literate, nor mm -hmm. am I advocating for everybody to go get their neck adjusted right away. That's not, right. uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody that's going to assess where you're at from a physical structural perspective. And so that's actually what we do with the complete concussion management group is that we certify manual providers on how to basically be savvy and, and literate with concussions. So they know what to do right away. They usually will get you on like a baseline. They'll get you on a treadmill and be like, okay, if I'm walking, does my heart rate spike way higher than it should? And so they're, they're looking at your autonomic nervous system. This is a huge component to dysfunction is that this automatic or autonomic nervous system is regulating heart rate. It's regulating blood flow. It's regulating, uh, you know, all the things that we take for granted are happening um, unconsciously. And that can really become dysfunctional for a lot of people causing symptoms. So that needs to be assessed. And then of course they put their hands on you and assess. Okay. So structurally what well, I'm noticing, there's a huge, you know, trigger point here or, or what's happening. So that's the initial um, component. And then I would say, usually there's a referral to, neuro to a neurologist if symptoms persist. So now we're going kind of into post, meaning longer term issues. Uh, and at this point, I wish people would come see a naturopathic doctor uh, to, to assess the metabolic side. The reality is, is that they don't. And mm -hmm. the, the mental, emotional, and the naturopathic side of things is the least, uh, I think, appreciated and used. And um, a lot of times, because there's an insurance component, they'll get people get referred to some sort of physio that'll just do very passive care and they're not concussion literate. And they're in this, all of a sudden three months goes by and they're like, well, I'm not really that much better. In fact, I've probably gotten worse. And that's where a lot of the patients that we see is that they're they're Now they're looking at, okay, so what's actually happening. So well, those are kind of like the ideal um, team from, you know, you want to have somebody that's concussion literate manually. You want to have somebody that's going to be addressing the metabolic side of things. Honestly, the neurologist is there for managing some basic medications. Uh, your family doctor could also do that too. If there's things like migraines and headaches that come up, uh, but most of the time they don't really have much to offer in terms of treatment outside of pharmacotherapy, which uh, even the consensus statement from, you know, Berlin, which is the most recent consensus statement from all the experts in the world saying that pharmacotherapy has no neuroprotective effect. It has at best symptom management effect. Right. So. Okay. Okay. Tell us some of the metabolic implications of say post-concussion symptom, because that's, that's your area of expertise. It is. Yeah. So let's break that down a bit more for our audience. Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, we just talked about kind of what's happening right away after an acute concussion. And so now if you have symptoms that are past kind of a month, now you start going into what, uh, what we kind of call the post-concussion phase or the chronic phase. And on a metabolic level, um, you just have con a continuation of a lot of the things that happen acutely that just don't resolve. So it's kind of like, think about like if you've had a cut or a scratch and it just doesn't heal, it just continues to be inflamed, it becomes chronic, uh, chronically infected. And, and the same thing kind of happens in the brain is that you're, you're gonna continue to have these microglia um, spit out inflammatory cytokines. And what's really fascinating is that now we're starting to understand the connection between the brain and the gut and how important that is from an inflammatory perspective. Glad you brought that up. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Michelle, the, the, even three hours after a concussion, there is right away an intestinal barrier hyperpermeability that occurs. 
and which is just fascinating on a, on a evolutionary and, and a kind of physiological level. It actually, I think, has to do with increasing the ability to get some inflammation to heal the area um, quicker. Oh. Uh, and so, again, that's just a theory of mine. I'm not sure if that's actually what's happening. But what we do know is that you do get intestinal permeability. And it's probably because there's also a permeability that happens in the uh, blood-brain barrier that happens both structurally as well as metabolically. And that is to kind of help with the uh, inflammatory response. And that usually should self-resolve. It's like any infection, any injury, it should kind of like get better. But a lot of people, it doesn't. It kind of stays turned on chronically. So you now have some possible gut dysfunction that's happening. You have uh, leakiness in the brain. You have leakiness in the gut from those barriers. You know, again, these are varying degrees that are happening. You have hyperimmune activation. You have mitochondria that are not producing enough energy. And that's now taxing your neurons and taxing your ability to produce all the key cellular functions. Uh, and that's leading into things like headaches. That's leading into things like tinnitus, dizziness. There's a lot of cellular kind of oxidative um, damage that's happened and oxidative stress. And so when you understand that, I know that you're probably thinking, you know, naturopaths have some, a lot of good tools to help address some of these inflammatory things. We're great at addressing the gut. And, and that's where a lot of what I do is that I come in and say, okay, I evaluate the patient and be like, at what point in their kind of physiological post-concussion um, cycle are they stuck? And we try to intervene at that area because, you know, we're talking a lot about the cellular stuff, but really what people present with is that like, I can't sleep and, and I have headaches all the time. And all these things are a, a byproduct of what we just talked about on cellular level. A huge area, Michelle, that, uh, that, I, that I do a lot of work with is um, and the endocrine system. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we, as we know, the pituitary gland is in the brain. And yep. so when you hit your head, there is oxidative stress and possibly blood flow alterations that also impact the pituitary gland. And what the research shows is that a hormonal deficiency can occur even up to a year or more after the initial injury. Wow. So think about that. If you got a concussion last year, you could be getting a deficiency in growth hormone, in thyroid hormone, all coming from the anterior pituitary. Adrenals are a huge component that I find is, is you know, right up a naturopathic doctor's alley, but they, it comes from ACTH, comes from the pituitary gland. That's the adrenal stimulating hormone. And so people are presenting with, I'm always fatigued, I can't sleep, I'm anxious all the time. And so I try to tease out what's to do with structural issues, and then we refer them to the right person, and tease out what's to do with um, an autonomic nervous system, which is that kind of automatic, I'm always stuck in fight or flight mode, mm -hmm. always in hyper adrenaline state. And then, you know, what actual hormones are happen are dysfunctional, and then we, we do some testing, we'll do urinary testing, we'll do blood testing, we'll assess their metabolic kind of like vulnerability. And then we just go after that to address it. I imagine this is slightly more challenging because I feel like everything you've listed are common issues in modern day society already. A lot mm -hmm. of people have poor gut health. A lot of people have some form of leaky gut, <laughs> gluten sensitivity or microbes or whatever that's never been properly dealt with. A lot of people are already running in overdrive. A lot of people are already taxing their adrenals and have thyroid dysfunction. I feel like a lot of that's already in a really deep underlying issue in a lot of people yeah. in society. So like this just adds like another confounding layer. I was like, this that that's probably why it's such a uh, more challenging thing to to for people to support clients with with resolving. Do you feel like, I mean, with the minute I was thinking about, um, you were talking about inflammation in the gut and I was like, man, what if someone already has leaky gut? What if they already have dysbiosis? What if they already have this? Like it probably makes this layer of concussion, post-concussion syndrome or long-term issues that much worse and more difficult to, to, to deal with after. Right. Yeah. I think you hit, hit a really important point there because the question that I've always been asked is why does one person go to post-concussion syndrome and another person has the same type of concussion and doesn't? Mm -hmm. So I think you hit the nail there on some of these possibly predisposing underlying factors that a person may be walking around with without even knowing that they're occurring. 
maybe the reason why a person a goes into post-concussion syndrome and has all these chronic issues like i said before a concussion is a stressor it ex stressors expose underlying metabolic structural psychological and kind of physical weaknesses mm -hmm. i'm sorry emotional weaknesses and so uh, I think we have to look at concussion in that way. And, and there are lots of people walking around with dysfunctional adrenals, uh, lots of people walking around with poor sleep patterns, walking around with poor blood flow. All these specific things can lead to, you know, insomnia, headaches, uh, you know, heart rate dysregulation, chronic gut issues. Uh, IBS is massively triggered. Um, you know, a, a, a Crohn's and colitis flare up would be another example. So this might be one of the reasons why we uh, we're getting some of this, this post-concussion issues happening. And it's hard to know if this is becoming more prevalent, Michelle, because I think that's the next natural question. Uh, we, it, there's no research because concussion is such a new thing that people are researching. So we don't really know have what's the baseline data. But just from my experience, I would say, um, it seems like, I don't know, maybe Dave, cause you were an athlete too. Um, more people are now getting negatively impacted by the long-term effects of concussion or that just might be my observational bias. And before people just were like, didn't talk about it. And we didn't know about the, the negative impacts. They were actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there are a number of people that played, you know, varsity football that, you know, will say, I got concussed many times and got thrown right back out there. And, and I'm pretty sure that that's not, that's had a negative impact on, on them right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's probably a mix of, of the two. Right. And I should clarify that I played sports. I wouldn't call myself an athlete. <laughs> uh, well, you played sports. You're an athlete. Give yourself some credit, Dave. Okay. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I think it's it's sort of like that. The more you look for something, the more you, you yeah. are going to find it. Um, but I yeah, it's 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 crazy thing. Like maybe I'm aging myself here, but it's not that long ago that we didn't think too much about concussions. And now, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's up there for me with pelvic pelvic floor in terms of like going from like no one's really talking about it to True. absolutely critically important. And and actually. Um, I would, I mean, I had a, fr I fractured my skull, uh, uh, when I, uh, when I was biking, when I was like nine years old or something, no helmets, right. And like it's 1988 or 1989, yeah. no helmets. Nobody cared about anything back then. No, no, just go <laughs> play with your brother, like rip around. Yeah, whatever. And yeah. so smashed my head open. Um, and then I, I, I don't, I don't know if it was since then, cause I'm so I'm young at that point and, and, uh, you know, I'm not probably focusing too much on it, but had a lot of gut issues at least after that mm -hmm. and i now i was i was just thinking earlier before we chatted with you i'm like i, I wonder if it was like it contributed to some it, degree it's like a trigger day right like yeah it, it, it does shift like so we know stress uh and a lot of the adrenal hormones if they're in excess they're going to shift your microbiome um, there's this, I mean, we could probably have a whole podcast just talking about the, the gut brain connection with the vagus nerve and the impact mm. on, on all the different functions from, from your immune system, uh, to your actual digestive system, to actually your, 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 your psychology, your, your neurotransmitters. Yeah. So I mm -hmm. uh, just think if you just think about how much we are now learning about the gut brain connection, uh, all of this applies in spades to concussions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, concussions are the most common neurological disorder in the world. I just want to put that out there for everyone to understand. Yeah, that's crazy. That's we crazy didn't even... when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone from zero to that. Nobody's talking about it. Everyone yeah. talks about I'm scared of MS or I'm scared. And those are serious conditions. But in terms right. of the amount of people that are getting concussions, um, also think about like, how little people know about how to manage concussions still, even now with the increased awareness and, uh, and where if somebody had a, like, even from a naturopathic perspective, if somebody had like a, 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 your kid had a cold or a flu, you know what to do. You're like right away. But if you've had a, if a person has a concussion, um, does everyone know what to do is, do you have something at home? That's like in your first aid kit that should mm -hmm. be like right away, being able to deal with that. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe a naturopath does, you know, they'll have the basic things like Arnica and, and some of the things, but there are, there are certain steps that people can take that, you know, they should have 
in their awareness of like, if you have an athlete that's active in your family, uh, you know, or you are active yourself and you're of an increased risk of concussion or anybody, because you can slip and fall and get in a car accident or anything like that, that causes concussion. I think that's one of the missions I have is to raise the awareness about how do we, you know, I really believe prevention is way more powerful than, um, than trying to treat because honestly, you mean get in there as quick as you can with like, you're, exactly. are you, are you getting at time is of the essence? So be prepared 100%. in case something happens. Exactly. That's what I'm talking yeah. about is that, and that I would love that message to go out there about, okay, you know what, you know, it's the same thing. Like if I get a sniffle, like I have hydrastis, I'm hitting it with zinc and like, I have all these things that I'm rocking and mm-hmm. uh, we don't have the same type of like thought process with the concussion of, and it's, it's way more potentially debilitating than, uh, you know, a cold. And mm-hmm. we're so aggressive with those, those types of things. So, uh, I mean, like the basic things like Arnica would be great. Magnesium is, would be really, really important. Uh, you know, if you have kids, you know, liquids like, you know, glutathione and liposomal vitamin C, for example, would be very reasonable or N-acetylcysteine. That's a good one instead of glutathione. Again, nothing I'm saying is prescriptive. I'm just saying that these are ideas that you should talk to your naturopathic doctor to be like, hey, let's put this in my toolbox. Uh, I'm a big fan of Arnica, um, especially with with kids. I'm not a big homeopathy guy, but I I do respect some of the big, most well-known, well-studied ones because I've seen them work as well. It's a very rational position to have. You know, I (laughs) I wish more of our colleagues would, would understand what you're saying there. It's and and I'll tell you another one that and it worked for me. I, I had a, a I gave up snowboarding after I caught an edge and because uh, I'm not really a great athlete, <laughs> I bashed my head again and and then uh, I was I tried to get up three times, and I was like, oh shit, this isn't good. Yeah. Like I was I was already like feeling pretty gross. And then I got up on the fourth time and you know went down the hill and I was fine. Drove home, I was fine, but the next day woke up and man, I I I had I couldn't stand like it was right. i was so dizzy and all that but the the remedy that i had at at home was not self yep. and uh, i don't think i would have recovered in like i recovered in like a couple of days right. using not self so there's another one you can maybe mm-hmm. add to your i i your do remedy. use that um oh cool kind of time yeah for sure especially um from if, if there's like a depression component to it but um you know arnica would i think would be a great option not self is a good option um, but again, that's probably the extent of my homeopathy. <laughs> it's all we good. Brought, we brought something up before about glutamic acid and it being neuroexcitatory or neurotoxic. Yeah. Now, I know that when it comes to clients who are predisposed to having seizures, I, t- I try to go away from formulas that have a glutamine in them, little things like that. Is there, you know, and we're talking about leaky gut, gut healing, things like that, and the gut brain connection. Do you find that to be I think a, a nutrient and- that's okay? Yeah, I do. I, I don't think as far as I know, I don't think that L-glutamine is um, something that's going to amplify the glutamate. Mm. And the, um, you know, there's a called the quinolinic acid is another big one that's in the brain, um, kinuric acid, uh, these excitatory neurotoxins. Mm-hmm. Um, so glutamine does not do that. Because a lot of times we have to think about it, you know, L-glutamine, is going to be used up at the gut, um, the gut lining and as a fuel, it's not going to really get systemically as, as much as I think we do. Uh, so as we think I should say, okay. um, so I don't have an, uh, an issue with that, Michelle, Okay. Um, but I, I, I have a lot of other things that we do for healing the lining of the gut too. So I'm, I'm a yeah. big fan of zinc. I'm a big fan of making sure we have all the right nutrients. You know, if, if, if there was a fly on the wall in my office, I would say, you know, uh, I, I am a big, um, I'm a big believer in, you know, 20% of the naturopathic formulary can treat 80% of all conditions. Agreed. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think people get really, and I'm talking to our colleagues now, we kind of get a little bit enamored with some of the fanciest things. Yeah. And, Agreed. um, like maybe even our BC colleagues where they're just like injecting the hell out of everybody for everything. And sometimes it can be a game changer for some people, but most of the time uh, I think people uh, they need the basics to get better. And, mm-hmm. and that's part of what I want, you know, my secondary mission after getting out to people, this information is also 
um, helping our colleagues understand this. So I'm in the process of building a course that is going to be certifying naturopathic doctors and functional medicine doctors. It'll be part of the con um, complete concussion management family. Awesome. Um, so that's, that's coming up in the fall. Um, and so that's one of the things I want to really share is that, you know, you have to really understand the, the pathophysiology and then intervene at the right area in the right timing, in the right way. Right. Uh, it, um, and for the right duration, instead of being like, you have a concussion, I got a brain formula for you. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Brain X, right. acne XYZ is perfect for you. And 95% of the time it doesn't work. Why? Because you haven't addressed the, the, the deeper layer that's limiting them to get into, exactly. for example, trying to increase neuroplasticity, which a lot of these uh, substances do. And if you do have a brain formula nine out of 10 times, it's low dose of a kitchen sink type of approach, which doesn't get you anywhere in my experience. Mm -hmm. So I like to use, you know, formulations that are at the right dose, one or two or three ingredients max, at least initially to get the systems that you need balanced to even think about, or even to start working on neurotransmitters, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, and neuroplasticity, which a lot of times, you know, oh, I got a concussion. I'm going to the, you know, brain FX treatment centers in, in Colorado or Utah, uh, you try to do you know, vestibular therapy or visual rehab when your metabolics are absolutely shot, forget mm -hmm. about it. You know, it's just, that's, I see that all the time. So one of the things to both providers as well as to patients is don't get enamored by really bells and whistle types of things, because, you know, you really have to make sure that your basic things, I'm going to say that structural, your mental or psychological and your metabolic side of things, make sure all those things are set. Your diet is tight. Your sleep is good. Then you can start doing things that are going to be pushing your, your cellular function and ability. I love that you said that. Cause Dave and I talk about that often. We're like basic foundational stuff is what is sustaining. And that's going to create the foundation to add in more of those unique products. Cause otherwise they're not going to work. Just like you said, right. You can bring in something fancy and schmancy, but if they have leaky gut, they're not going to absorb it. How well are they going to yeah. take advantage of that? Right. You can't so, sleep. How can you, how can you uh, balance your adrenal system or right? address, you know, anything endocrinology? No, it's, it's very difficult. So I'm glad you guys are on board with that. Cause I am. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Paul, I get, are you okay for time? I just have a, a couple questions yeah, if, if sure. you're okay for time. Okay. So the one, one major question or, or just comment that I wanted you to sort of like chew on and, and spit back with whatever uh, awesome insight you have. I have a woman who's, who just hit her head based, not just like recently, but she only hit her head barely like on the, she's going into the shed and she just clipped her head yep. and she had a career ending concussion from, from that. And so I just wanted to say that and let you comment on it and tell like, just to sort of put out there. So people know that it can be, it doesn't have to be like smashing your head open. Like I did uh, fracturing my skull. Can you comment on just those really, those sure. tiny sort of what seem like innocuous kind of concussions? Yeah, of course. Uh, that's a, that's a very common thing. I, I always say the dreaded cupboard because how many times have like our patients get hit, right? Oh God, that's the worst. <laughs> So Dave, I, I, the one, the one thing I would ask for just a bit of insight on is that, is this, has she ever been concussed before in the past? I think she had a concussion before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that I would say makes more sense. Rarely do I see like you bumping your head out of the blue, like absolutely no history uh, that causes concussion. Cause remember by definition, a lot of people don't know this, I guess I should say, it's not a remember. It's more of like for information, concussion, you need to have a certain amount of G's, which is the force that happens uh, mm -hmm. to get a concussion. Uh, and so a lot of times, again, I think it's, remember, we're talking about concussion, but I mentioned <laughs> the whole neck issues, like the whiplash component is so, so huge. That often is one of the more pressing issues to be addressed than necessarily the concussion. Then what happened? Why is that important? Well, because and this, this will come back to the, your, your patient question here in a second, Dave. Uh, that's important because it'll allow you, you to get help in the right way. And because a lot of people, after they get concussion, they're like, okay, I'm, I'm seeing all these neurologists. And I'm like, if the problem's in your neck, no neurologist can even think about that aspect. They're going to be like, no, your brain scans clear. And they're going to start throwing medications at you for your headaches. But your headaches are actually coming from your neck. And that, you know, there are patterns that happen. Most headaches, other than like actual legit bona fide migraines, which are a thing, 
they are coming from your neck. There is mm-hmm. a huge cervical genic component. And a lot of times providers don't look at the front of the neck. They look at, oh yeah, you know what? I'm, tr- I'm going to treat your back and throw a couple of needles in. A lot of concussion patients actually feel worse after needles because mm-hmm. it's actually mm-hmm. too stimulating to their autonomic nervous system, right? Any pain like penetrating through the tissue is going to cause a trigger. Um, so, I, I mean, I could probably talk forever about, you know, the, the nuances of what I do with uh, kind of sussing out what a person needs. A lot of times I'm, I'm almost acting like a bit of a quarterback because people come to me and they're like, I've seen 10 different doctors. What can you do for me? And that's mm-hmm. like, a, that's a very, it's like a Monday morning. Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, I'm looking at all the, everything they've done. And I've kind of got used to the idea of, you know, they actually, I have to kind of know a little bit about every system to know that they actually need help here. So I'm going to send them to this provider to address yeah. these things. So I would say, Dave, back to your question is that this person uh, did not get a concussion again. They aggravated, they re-aggravated an underlying neck or possible um, brain neurological issue from that hit to the head. And that hit, even though it might've been years after or even months after their uh, initial concussion, mm-hmm. it, that initial concussion, there was something there was something that was not fully healed and there was something that was still dysfunctional and that's what re-triggered. And that's where that dreaded cabinet comes up. It's like, oh no, I got another concussion. You didn't get another concussion. You re-aggravated an underlying neck or head neurological issue imbalance that you had. That's in nine out of 10 times would be my experience with those types of more, what we'd consider like very mild hits. Cool. Well, that's awesome. that's awesome. And, and a really thorough precise uh, answer. I like it. And the other, another question I had was um, from becoming, you know, having some like deeper wisdom with concussions, what has that, cause I'll tell you why I thought of that. I thought of this when you talked about sleep mm-hmm. and I thought, I wonder if he's got some insights from, cause you know how sometimes the extremes like to look, if we want to understand dysregulation of blood sugar, look at diabetes, right? The extremes of things can sometimes help right. you understand yes. what's yes. going on between. So ha- having seen all these concussive patients uh, have issues maybe with sleep, have you learned anything about sleep or other kinds of things like the deeper understanding of, of uh, other things that, um, that the, this yeah. deep, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think I, I, think I know what you're asking. And, and I think it's a very, very good and intuitive uh, question. I'm glad you asked it. There has been a number of things, I would say, Dave, and probably the the most pressing and prevalent thing I would say for anybody listening, whether you're an ND or whether you're, you know, a person that has a concussion or or doesn't and 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 just wants to know a little bit more, um, is that the importance of uh, the autonomic nervous system. And what I mean by that is that that system that um, will determine or dictate if you're in that fight or flight mode. There's this fine balance between the parasympathetic, which is a rest, relax, digest, recover, and repair nervous system, and the action nervous system, which is the fight, flight, or freeze sympathetic nervous system. You can't turn on both at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so when a person has a trauma, aka a concussion, they are stuck in on mode they are stuck in sympathetic mode and they're because a lot of a lot of the reason is is that their body is interpreting them always being in threat because their 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 ability to sense themselves in space for example because of neck dysfunction is off there it's perceiving that there's inflammation in the gut lining so there's this crosstalk that's happening throughout the body and, and basically the net result is um, I see a ton of patients, they are constantly in this sympathetic, high sympathetic tone. Mm-hmm. And the longer term effect of that is, is that slowly starts wearing on your body's um, buffering system, stress system, which is the adrenal system, right? So I think as naturopaths, we're really good and keen and aware with uh, adrenal dysfunction. I think that is a key underlying issue with um, sleep with, um, all the symptoms that I've, that we've talked about eight. I like, I mean, I don't, I hate the word adrenal fatigue because that's not true, but I, I think HPA axis dysfunction is what the literature says. And so I'm really, yeah. I really talk about that a lot. 
Uh, and that could be, you could be dysfunctional in the morning and then your HBX system's okay. Uh, there, there are, it's not as like, I'm either on or off black and white. I'm adrenally fatigued or not. It's more of like, I'm just, a, my whole circadian and my ultradian rhythms are dysfunctional, including my endocrine adrenal rhythms. Uh, and that has, I think, to do with the fact that we don't have balance in that sympathetic parasympathetic mode. So a lot of the things I do is trying to increase the parasympathetic and, you know, the, the vagus nerve and gut function is really important part of that and to decrease and balance the sympathetic. So I would say that's probably the key piece takeaway that I would say, Dave, um, has really been um, profound to me. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Paul. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Thank you for bringing your wisdom around this topic. And if anybody wants to um, look into further into the Concussion Fix program, we're going to put a link in the bio um, of our podcast. And also when we post to social media, we'll make sure we provide a link awesome. to that for the people to connect with you further. Um, I think I've referred a couple of people to you. <laughs> yes, thank you, not. thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. So I was like, this is out of my wheelhouse, even though like, yes, gut health adrenals. And I was like, I'd rather than work with someone who specifically has this area of interest. And I might have actually another one for you. Um, but uh yeah, I appreciate the work you do because there is, there's a void that needs to be filled. And I'm glad that you're starting to help with making some sense in that void for people. I'm, I'm really glad. Thanks for having me. It was a, it was a fun combo. Yeah. Thanks so much, Paul. Appreciate it. Take care guys. You too. That naturopathic podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high quality naturopathic doctor designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada.